Hi, good people. This is Andy from Andy's Personal Development. And we are live at the Love Bits A channel on the Podbean Network. I just want to take some time out to speak with you on the topic that is called teamwork and leadership. Teamwork and leadership. Thank you so much for your wonderful support thus far. And we thank you for helping us to continue the work that we are doing with what with regards to giving everyone the opportunity to live a life that is more fulfilling and one that is worth remembering. You know, uh, the great late Bruce Lee said that if you want to have immortality, you need to live a life that's worth remembering. And so this is one of the things and one of the basic reasons why we want to continue doing this podcast and many other shows. Because what we want to do is give you the opportunity, as you listen to our episodes and you follow the podcast, to find a greater purpose and a better reason to get up every morning. You will have more energy and more clarity. You will want to have success and more control of your life and the outcomes of your circumstances. I guarantee that you will achieve your goals and fulfill your dreams and you will live your best life ever and reach your highest potential. Just believe and trust with us as we continue to provide the information for you. What we want to do now is we want to look at various aspects of something that I believe is very challenging for a whole lot of people in life today. And I mean, you can look at it from a political point of view, from a social standing, and also from a sporting point of view. It is called teamwork and leadership. And if we look at the aspects of teamwork that exists in the world today, we would realize and recognize that a whole lot of what we do with regards to teamwork has a lot to do with a family unit. A family unit is actually a team and a team that is usually head by the head of the home or led by the head of the home, who is then responsible for the safety, well-being, the growth, and the development and the safety of the family. He is the one that provides the necessary provisions for the family to exist and coexist He provides the safety net. He provides the finances. And sometimes the he is a she. (laughs) We are not biased in this regard. We're just stating the role and the function that the head of the family would normally play with regards to the well-being and the safety of that family. And team leadership is like that in many different aspects and many different regards. Now, the first thing that I want us to look at with regards to teamwork and leadership is the vision, the vision or the goal. The scripture says, my people perish for lack of a vision. A team that functions well 
a team that achieves and hits its goals and creates standards and opportunities for growth and development is a team that functions not only by dynamic leadership, but also because it has a vision. Now, if the team is part of an organization that it represents a corporate body, therefore, that corporate body must have in place a particular vision or goal that they would set for the team to follow. And the leader of the team has a responsibility to exchange the information in its proper form as given to him by corporate to the rest of the team. The leader has the ability, therefore, and the responsibility to ensure that whilst sharing that information with his team or her team, that he conveys the true desire of the vision that the corporate body wants the team to accomplish. And the reason why that is important is because the team needs to know exactly what the final goal they are about to accomplish or achieve is in detail. They must know every single aspect of the plan. They must understand the dynamics of the plan. And they must understand why the plan is necessary to the success of the organization that the team represents. The main reason for this is that the team needs to buy in and become stakeholders of the vision of the organization that they represent. So corporate is like the head of the family that makes the decision that this is the vision, this is the goal that we want to accomplish because when we accomplish this vision, it will bring growth and development to the organization. And when that happens, everyone that is under the roof or the umbrella of the organization, including the team that would be given the responsibility to carry out the process, will benefit to a larger and greater extent. And so the vision of that organization must always be to incorporate the use of a team that they would then give the right leadership and the right and necessary resources to so that they can accomplish the task that the organization has envisioned. It does not make sense that you give the team a responsibility, a goal to accomplish, and you do not give them the right resources they will not succeed. They will fail. You do not want the team to fail. Therefore, it is corporate responsibility to ensure that they provide all the necessary resources so that when the team gets on the road and they begin to hit the truck, they know that they have the backing and the support and the commitment of management.
That is extremely important. And that is also one of the responsibility of the leaders to ensure the team that what we are going to do, we are going to do it because we have the support, the backing, the commitment of corporate body. The corporate body must show that they understand what is necessary for the team to accomplish the goal. If they do not demonstrate that, not just by talk, but by action, the steps that they take to provide the necessary paraphernalia and implements that the team needs, then the team will not be given the encouragement that is necessary to function. I want to look back at a famous individual in history, the late great Sir Winston Churchill. During a war in the 1940s against Lufthansa, which at that time was the flying arm of Nazi Germany that were trying to bomb London and other parts of the United Kingdom and maybe destroy them, take them off the face of the earth, wipe them off the map. But Sir Winston Churchill being the mercurial and the dynamic leader that he was, he decided that when he held his meetings before his people go out to war to face the Lufthansa, he would ensure that every individual on that team understood exactly what was required of them at every single level of participation. So what did he do? By sheer wisdom, he decided to call one officer of every rank to the meeting room so that when the plan was executed, whatever was necessary to get the plan done and accomplished at every level of his armed forces, they would have the necessary resources to get the job done. But not only that, because a man of every single rank was present in that meeting, there was an assurance that everyone that stepped out on the battlefield would be on the same page. And everyone on that battlefield would understand what the role of the other individual was despite their ranking, whether it was lower or higher. It did not matter. What made the difference is that everyone on that team knew the role and the function of every other member of the team. And they also knew what resources were necessary for every member of every level of that team to function efficiently and effectively. As a result of that, Sir Winston Churchill was extremely successful against the Lufthansa. And he won. He won in a tremendous manner. 
even though he was outnumbered two to one. The Royal Air Force was outnumbered two to one, but he still won. And that particular victory brought him to a place where even today it is celebrated around the globe. The reason why we have to understand the importance of this is that the leader who heads the team must ensure that all the material and all the detailed information that is necessary for his team or her team to function efficiently and effectively must be placed on the table. Every individual of that team must understand their specific function and how it incorporates and complements the function of every other individual on the team. Because if that did not happen, then there can be the possibility of a miscommunication among team members and that could create problems unnecessarily for the progress of the plan. Well, let me look at the leadership role a little bit and see how it ties into all of this. Because at the end of the day, if the team does not have a visionary and some level of dynamics coming out of their leader, it is possible that no matter how good the team is, they may not function at the optimal best. And so it is necessary for the leader to understand that the very important virtue of empathy and compassion tied together is extremely important for the functioning of his team members. He or she, the leader, must understand that there are days when members of the team may not be at their best. When members of the team may have left their home with serious challenges that are still on their mind and there is a need for closure but they could not find the closure and it was something so important to them that they had to take it to work because it was unresolved. Understanding that they are part of a team and they had to be there, but also understanding that they may be a father, a brother, a mother, a sister, responsible for somebody or the well-being and the safety of a home. And therefore, some of that could have been unsettling as a result of a domestic situation that the team member may have encountered. The leader has a responsibility to recognize when any one of his members of the team that he leads is falling short of their commitment. He has to see this. I want you for a while to think about the guys who have shown the ability to lead as coaches and would see from the sidelines that there are times, even though they may have star players or players with high expectations or players with great competency, there were times when they would have to take them out of the game so that the rest of the team can function with fluidity. 
And the reason why that is so important is because you don't want to leave a star player in the game who is not pulling his or her weight and it creates an additional problem for the rest of the team. They will malfunction because they may have to carry the weight of this star player who's not firing on all cylinders on their shoulders. That is unfair to the rest of the team. The leader must recognize when this player seems to be on board but is not totally there. And therefore, they must learn to empathize if it becomes necessary with that particular player. Deal with the situation. Try to find a solution or a resolution to the problem that this individual may be having. And if it becomes necessary to replace them, even for a temporary moment, so that the work of the team can go on looking at the bigger picture, then the team leader must have the willingness, the gumption, the discipline, the acumen to do this in an appropriate manner so that the individual would not feel shame and guilt. And we tend to do that at times when we know that there are expectations of us that we did not fulfill and we feel kind of hurt because we disappoint the people that has expectations of us. But we must recognize that as human beings, we would fall prey to these things from time to time. Yet our intent and our purpose was not to disappoint, but it's just that we had things we need to deal with. And so the leader has to decide now, I have to make a decision because I cannot afford the rest of the team to be hampered by one or two individuals who may seem to have problems or challenges that need to be resolved. The work must continue. The team must go on. At the end of the day, I represent both sides of the picture, both the team and the corporate, and therefore it is my responsibility to create the opportunity for fusion and synergy to take place so that at the end of the day, the vision, the goal is accomplished. Now, the other aspect of that is simply this. If you look at some of the greatest coaches, the Phil Jacksons, Sir Alex Ferguson, and lately, Bill Belichick, you would recognize that they had one common trait, one common virtue. If you look at how they interacted with the members of their team, you'd realize that they had a better than coach-player relationship. And the reason for that is because when the players looked at these leaders, these coaches, they saw not just a coach, but they saw an individual who understood them as a player but more than that, as a person, a person with value whom they had a responsibility to groom and to ensure that they made a dynamic contribution to the success of an organization. In other words, these guys, they were holistic in their approach 
to members of the team. They understood the good and the bad about their players. They understood the highs and the lows of their players. They could tell when a player was going to have an off day. They can tell when a player was moving at 50%, 60%, 70%, but not at their full potential. They had that eye to see when something was not gelling with the team and they had to make changes. They had to make adjustments. A great leader will always have that kind of eye, that kind of vision, that kind of intuition, that kind of acumen, because at the end of the day, it is necessary that they see if something is happening within the team with an individual or more than one individual player, they need to address and arrest that situation because the success of the organization via the proper Functioning of the team is of extreme importance. The other aspect that I want to look at is the aspect of inclusion. And these guys understood this so much that you could see that they would have the same kind of relationship in terms of what may appear to be a fatherly relationship with every single player, every single member of the team. Why? Because you cannot make it look as though, as a coach, a leader, that you have favorites. Can you have favorites? Yes. Can you have a go-to member or two on the team that you would go to when the team may seem to be in the dumps and you may be in a position where you are not getting the full sphere of what's supposed to be coming out of the team and you have to make adjustments and you know you can throw that six man in? Yes. There will always be individuals on the team that would excel at certain times when it is necessary for an extra trust to take place. But at the end of the day, when the time came for you to hand out kudos and pats on the back and give recognition, it must be all inclusive so that no individual member of the team is going to feel less important than another member. And what you're trying to do is create harmony not just equality, but harmony, so that members of the team would recognize that every individual holds equal importance. Even though the ranks may vary from time to time, the mere fact that we are all on the team representing the same purpose, functioning, hopefully at the same optimal level and heading in a direction with shared resources and a shared responsibility to accomplish a particular vision and goal means that at some point in time, we will develop synergy. And when that synergy is developed and we begin to gel and come together, the team leader's responsibility is to ensure that he continues to apply glue 
to the situation, in the manner in which he handles the inclusion of the members of the team, even the ones that may not seem to function at their best. And so, another gain that could come out of that is that when that person or individual realizes that even though I'm not giving of my best, but yet the leader is patting me on the back. The leader is urging me on. The leader is encouraging me. The leader is saying that they believe in me. The leader is saying that they support me. The leader is saying that they understand me. The leader is showing me compassion. The leader is showing me empathy. Guess what? At the end of the day, I'm going to have enough to encourage myself if I'm that individual to say, you know what? I need to step it up. I need to take my game to the next level. The team needs me to focus. The team needs me to function at my best possible level. I am in this with other people who are depending upon me and they should not be looking at me to see whether I'm functioning at my best or not. They should depend on me blindly by faith knowing that I'm part of the team for a reason. I have a role to play. I have a function that have been destined to me and as a result I need to perform it to the best of my God-given ability because I have every ounce of opportunity to be encouraged that this is what I must do. Wow. I know I've given you a mouthful, but I want you to understand how passionate I am about this. So what we're going to do right now is that we're going to take a small break, listen to a little bit of energetic beat, and Andy... We'll be right back. Stay tuned, my friends. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, welcome back, welcome back. And we are talking about teamwork and leadership. This is Andy, your friend of Andy's personal development. And I'm on the last point of this topic that I've shared with you for the past 27 minutes or so. And as we're about to get into the last point, I want us to look at something that must happen at the end and also during different segments of the task that the teamwork has been given to accomplish. And the first thing that we need to look at is the assessment. See, I want you to imagine in your mind's eye that you're looking at a project 
that has a lifespan of about six months. And let's be practical and realistic about this. And so you know that you need to put things in place to ensure that at the end of that six-month period, the plan has come to full fruition. And so every element and every aspect of that plan must be carefully taught out and then implemented or executed by those who are going to be in the front line. And the assessment is extremely important because the assessment is something that you decide how you're going to do it. If it's six months, I suggest that you do it after every two-month period. So that would mean three periods of assessment. The first two months, the second two months, and then the last two months. That is extremely important. Why? Because you need to assess how the team is functioning. If there is anything that is necessary to be added, if there's anything that is necessary to be taken away, stepped up upon, or if there is something about the team that maybe the possibility exists that they will not make it all the way to the end and you need to sort it out. You must do these periodic assessments to ensure that the team stays on course and that the goal, the objective, the end game is being justified by the means that are being used by the team. That is extremely important and that is why you have timeouts and you have half times in games so that an assessment can be made by the team managers or the persons in charge so that they can see if there's any tweaking if there's any adjustments if there's any additions or extractions to take place they can do so at that period of time they can ask questions of the team members they can sound the mindset of the team members they can assess the condition and the attitude and the character of the team members to ensure that everyone stays on course and that everyone fully understands their function, not just during the period that has gone by, but what needs to be done now going forward so that the goal can be accomplished. Without the assessment, you could be running blind. And then something unexpectedly would crop up and you suddenly realize, why did we not do an assessment or two or three depending on the time period that you have for the fulfillment of the project last but not least and i told you this was going to be the last one so bear with me a little bit it is called the autopsy the autopsy is the final assessment of anything individual person project as the case might be i know when you hear the word autopsy you're thinking about a dead body and someone from the medical examinings or examination office or the autopsy department doing their final work and i understand that when you think autopsy you think about cutting open a dead body, 
trying to ascertain and to find the reason for that. Well, here's the thing. When you look at a project, you look at the project that was being conducted by members of the team, you also have to look at doing a final autopsy because you need to understand all the things that were put into the necessary processes to reach to the end goal. And that is extremely vital to the future of the team and to the future of the organization. Now, of course, every project would be different. Every project would have its different challenges, its different meanders, its different levels of hurdles that the team may have to go through or go over. But at the end of the day, when you do that autopsy, it tells you the reasons why the team would have succeeded or failed. Of course, the desired outcome is success. And so with teamwork, you begin with the vision or the goal. Then you put a plan into place. You bring in the players, you get the resources, you get the tools, you do your periodic assessments, and you do the final autopsy. And remember, the greatest commitment that you can get is when you allow the opportunity for every member of that team to buy in and to believe that the project is so great in its importance that even the future of them as a team, as members of the organization hinged on the success or hinges on the success of this particular goal or project they are about to embark upon. Hey, so this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development. And I thank you very much for sharing this time with me. And we love you. You are our friend. And so I'd like to invite you to please check out our podcast. You can log in on Podbean. It's andyspersonaldevelopment.com. Buzzsprout. Our website, www.andyspersonaldevelopment.com on the World Wide Web. Our Facebook page, MD Dreamer. That's the tag, MD Dreamer on the Facebook page. Or Instagram, hashtag AndyCharles8417. Twitter, hashtag at Kimina, K-E-Y-M-E-N-A. Our blog, charlocc.blogspot.com. YouTube channel, Andy A. Charles. Log on, subscribe, click the notification bell, and let us know your comments, your needs, your desires. We are here for you. We will provide team as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching. All right? So, as we leave, I say thank you. Stay safe wherever you are. God bless and have a wonderful time in your life. Remember, always reach for the dream and the goal 
is always attainable. God bless. Until next time, take care now. Bye.